I was a senior in high school with aspirations of playing D1 football as a wide receiver. And I went across the middle and got hit by two guys and I broke my neck. And oh. that was the end of my football career. Yeah. Um, I didn't need surgery, but um, I came like millimeters from severing my spinal cord. So it was a big wake up call. And at the time in 1983, when that happened, I was told uh, I can't play any sports ever again. Hi, Coach Mike Ritchie here from D3 Multisport. On today's podcast, we are chatting with D3 athlete Mike Reed. Mike is a former surfer turned traffic who has qualified for Ironman Hawaii multiple times. Mike is fresh off winning his age group at Ironman Maryland and then coming back to run the New York City Marathon only a few weeks later. Mike's a great example of someone who has worked hard over several years and continues to see results even into his 50s. Hope you enjoy this episode with Mike Reed. Hi, Coach Mike Ritchie here with the D3 Triathlon Podcast with Mike Reed from Florida. Mike has been a long time, I mean a long time, D3 athlete <laughs> and uh, so happy to have him on here. He's such a busy guy with so much going on. Um, just finished New York City Marathon, which was on the heels of Ironman Maryland, and yeah. this guy doesn't stop. So <laughs> glad to have you on, Mike. How's your day going? Hey, Mike, thank you. It's an honor to be here with you. Um, always. And my day's going great. Everything's good. I'm starting to, uh, I feel about 80% recovered from New York City. So, and I've got Ironman Florida 70.3 in three weeks. So I'm ready to go. Awesome. That's great. So let's, let's go back a little bit. Like even before triathlon, you've been a lifelong athlete, right? Yeah. And uh, did it start yeah. with surfing or swimming? I know you're, you're a big surfer. Yeah. So I started with skateboarding. Um, wow, right. right? I did a lot of skateboarding and then, um, and you know, my father wanted me to play football. So I played football. Um, so it was sort of half for my, my dad and half for myself. And I, I really did well playing football and, um, I was a senior in high school with aspirations of playing D one football as a wide receiver. And I went across the middle and got hit by two guys and I broke my neck. And oh. that was the end of my football career. Yeah. Um, I didn't need surgery, but um, I came like millimeters from severing my spinal cord. So it was a big wake up call. And at the time in 1983, when that happened, I was told uh, I can't play any sports ever again. And so I thought, skateboarding was over. I thought everything was over. Um, he was wrong. Um, but that interest that, that experience helped to inspire me to go into, um, physical therapy, a field of physical therapy. I actually was going to go to medical school and become a spine surgeon, but I really became very enamored because I was always an athlete and I liked the physical training aspect of it. So I ended up uh, pursuing a degree in physical therapy, ended up getting an operational um, management doctorate in the field. And um, in that experience, realized that I was probably misguided with respect to what I could and could not do. And so in college, I got back into running. And uh, then I moved to South Florida. Um, I had done a uh, internship in, in Perth, Australia and thought maybe I head out there, but um, headed to South Florida because Australia required, required you to work for two years in the field before you, um, you accept a position out in that country. So I moved to South Florida and took up surfing. And like everything I do, I was like 100% into it and then continuing to work on my career. And I fully expected to go to medical school. Um, 
but I ended up loving South Florida. I met my wife. We're going to celebrate 30 years next year. And I never left. Um, and so I've been down here in Florida for 30 years. And at that time, just got really into surfing and skateboarding. And I was biking and running. And um, But I was traveling all over the world surfing. Um, surfing big waves, whatever I could do. And yeah, that was my history. Um, and, um, but, you know, as I said, when there weren't waves, I was biking and running. And so triathlon kind of made sense. Yeah. So what year did you do your first race? I did my first race in 1984, 1994, 1994. Wow. I did wow. my so first race. 29 yep. years and, ago, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right yep. And that was just a, a sprint and for fun. Right. And, um, you know, um, it was, it was just kind of a local thing. It's big down here in South Florida. So that's what I did. And then, but, but everything it, for me then was just about surfing. So it was really just for, just for fun. So do you still surf a bit? I do. I still surf a little bit, but no, it's all about, <laughs> it's all about endurance racing now. <laughs> it's completely shifted. So, right, yeah. right. When I yeah. met you, I mean, it must've been, I don't even know at this point, 2008 or 2009, maybe Yeah. Uh, your boys were young. I mean, they were. Yeah. I don't even know if there were 12 yeah. and 10 at the time, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you, you know, Mike, you played a huge role in, and I know you don't realize this, but you know, I, I want to give you big props. So I um, started getting into racing because when my oldest boy turned 10, uh, despite us introducing him to organized sports, he really just wanted to surf, swim, bike and run. And cool. he wanted to get into triathlon. And I said, you know, this is something I can actually do with you. So that'd be kind of cool. And you know, me, I just wanted to really get after it. And so I bought one of your programs online uh -huh. because I wanted to do an Olympic distance race. And it was awesome having that whole, um, that whole plan played out. And I think I probably was one of the early adopters of training peaks. And I just kept on reading these articles about Mike Ricci, Mike Ricci, Mike Ricci, and then, you know, <laughs> University of Colorado Buffaloes, and you were a coach there. And I, yeah. I just, you know, and that's, and so I, you know, I, I never worry about taking chances. So I emailed you and <laughs> I said, Hey, I want to do more of this stuff. And you said, well, geez, we've got a, you know, we've got a, um, we've got a company and we train athletes. Would you like to be involved? And I was in. And that's so awesome. you, you helped me become um way more than i thought i could achieve in in this sport and then my kids were so inspired they've done your programs that's for certain great. races so it's very that's cool great. it's very cool that's great and then you started working with dave and somewhere around 2012 or so yep that's exactly that's the year 10, 2012 yeah. right yep so um i think you realized that i was a little bit nuts uh and you also realized that i had some things going on in my life that were very similar to dave i mean that was so brilliant of you to make the connection <laughs> between I mean, and this is something that you've always preached it's not just about the training it's about what your life experiences and yeah. dave sheenan and i same age um, kids are similar in similar age. Ages, yeah. Um, you know, we're both married. We, we both serve in very, very similar roles. He's, you know, he's chief of staff and chief operating officer of a company. I'm chief of staff, chief strategic officer of a company. We just have very similar things. So he was the perfect match for me because he understood what was going on outside of my training. And I think it just was a recipe for success. We've been working since 2012 and it's been awesome. 
That's great. You know, it's funny. I always, uh, people will call me looking for a, you know, a coach or something. And I'll say, they'll say, well, do I get to pick them? And I said, well, no, I pick them because <laughs> I'm the matchmaker here, right? Like I know I, I, I can get a sense of people in the 10 to 15 minutes I talk to them. I know the coaches really well, who they're going to work with. I know that better probably. Um, you know, if someone's super technical, I know which coach, if they have a swimming deficiency, I know who they're going to connect them with. If yeah. it's a running issue, um, or if it's someone who just needs a lot of handholding, I know which coach to give them to say, this right. person has a lot of empathy and this is the coach that's going to work well with you, you know? Yeah. So that's, um, you know, that's a little bit, I, I, I always say I don't have a hundred percent batting average, but I'm like 98, 99% pretty good that most of the relationships we have are, you know, in that decade plus, you know, thing. And I, I'm glad I was able to do that because that was early on for sure. Um, but you've had so much success and, and I will say this, um, I think starting out, you know, you definitely showed signs of, you know, big things ahead, but it took a little while to get there. Do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was a little cautious, right? Because of my previous injuries and, yep. you know, I, because of the field I was working in at the time, which was medicine, um, I really had a very um, strong understanding of adaptation, uh, physiological adaptation. And I, and I realized that, if I went from A to Z too quickly, I could get hurt. I could burn out. There are a lot of yep. things that could happen. So I was one of those people that just very methodically, you know, raced a sprint distance, couple of those, worked Olympic. Um, I actually, um, that was one of the first experiences with you was doing an Olympic race. I actually did it at the time when Chris McCormick was very famous and yeah. I attended his camp in Miami. And then we did the, um, we did the, the international distance, um, uh, race there with him. And boy, I tell you, I learned some lessons there. I went out hard on the bike. I, I think I was averaging like, you know, I was 25, 26 miles an hour and I couldn't run. I just cramped up and I just started to learn that it's not individual sports it's one sport and you need to think about it all the way through um and so um yeah so that's so i just kind of was very careful i did my first half iron man in 2015 that was in miami um and just continued to work my way up and so to this point i've done um, well, I've entered 16 half Ironmans. I've finished 15. I had a terrible crash in one of them. Um, and then I've done seven full Ironmans and qualified for Kona three times. And um, But, you know, I'll race for the first time in Kona. Hopefully it all works out in 2024. Yeah, I was going to get to that. So um, uh, you didn't get to go last time because uh, they did. The, is it because they moved it or because something else happened? So I qualified in Tulsa. Uh, yep. at that race. Um, and then we had COVID. Um, had and COVID. so that caused the cancellation. And then I was to race in 2022 um, when they had the men's and women's race on two days. Yep. Um, and I was um, in getting ready for that that year, which was 2022. Um, I raced in Panama City, Florida, Gulf Coast Ironman 70.3. And uh, unfortunately, mile 53, I was coming down the beach road towards transition, fully tucked at about 26 miles an hour. I was just behind the lead pack. So we had a big lead pack. And then I had some distance between me and them about 200 yards. And unfortunately, this 
this um, ATV hauling a jet ski decided to try to make it across the road and I didn't see him and I hit him at 26 miles an hour and uh, dislocated and broke five ribs. And, you know, that was the end of my day. And yeah, because sure of that, that act, it was scary. Um, but, um, and then uh, there was just no way I could get ready for Kona. And, and, you know, Ironman rarely does this, but they said, listen, we're going to defer you to next year. And then, of course, the race was moved to Nice and I had a choice. And I said, well, I want the Akona experience. So, yeah, so 2024, cross my fingers, is my year. Awesome. Awesome. So um, let me ask you a question. What was your first half Ironman time compared to where you you brought it down? Because now you're on the podium. I mean, it's pretty consistent for you. Yeah. So my first uh, a half Ironman race was 507. Um, yep. I've now seen, um, I've done a couple of the challenge races, which may not be exactly, you know, yeah. uh, uh, a half distance, but I've had a 436. I've had wow. in a full Ironman, a, a sub 445. Wow. So, so that's been great. Um, and then full Ironman, I started off, my first race was, um, Ironman Florida 2016 and I hit a 1032 there. And my lowest has been actually not far off of that 1029. Well, then, then came Ironman Maryland where it all changed. Yeah. But you know, if you think about that, right, like even, even if you are, so how old were you in 2016? You were 52 I was or uh, 50. I was, uh, wait, we're on 50. I'm 57 now. So, uh, 2000. Yeah. So I was 50, 50 and you're keeping the same yeah. speed as yep. you age. What does yep. that say? You know, <laughs> really yep. that means you're getting faster, right? It's hard to comprehend yeah. it because the numbers aren't showing up, but you know it. I mean, you know how you feel, right? Yep. And you feel great yep. every day probably. Um, yeah. So let's talk about yep. a little bit about Maryland. Um, but first, was there any difference? And that was a breakthrough race for you. Was there any difference for you in the build up to that race versus the other race? Or has everything been pretty consistent? You know, um, I think that um, experiences like I had in that crash. Um, and then subsequent to that six months later, getting ready for Ironman Florida, cause I decided to enter that. Um, I had another crash and broke my collarbone. And I think what that did was it, it made me sort of reevaluate, um, what's important in my life and really what I wanted to achieve. And I put less racing on the calendar. I used to race like every month, right? It just had to, you know, I had to have something on the schedule and I, and I stopped doing that. You know, uh, Dave and I talked a lot. Um, he has been phenomenal in helping me through some tough times and, you know, we just decided, listen, let's not be so busy with racing. Let's focus on, um, some really important races and take the time to train and recover and, you know, nibble at the margins. And I think that made all the difference. Um, you know, of course you run the risk when you don't have as many races, you run the risk of like, if you're sick or something and then you lose out for sure. Um, but it, that made all the difference was being able to just take my time and, and, and really not be, we sometimes think that the racing is helpful to the big A races, like the C races and the B races. And I think sometimes they can take away from the, the buildup. That's a great point. So, you know, as an experienced racer, I would say that racing all the time is detrimental almost, right? Yep, I agree. When I get new people or people new to the sport and, you know, they're like, oh, I'm doing a 70.3 and then I got my Ironman. I'm like, you need more experience. You need more time yep. in transition, more time in those swim waves with the groups of people drafting. And, you know, one of the things I have to get across to my athletes is, uh, when you see those draft packs, don't let that 
charge you yeah. up mentally. Like no. just know those people are doing their thing and that's fine. Yeah. They can cheat and they can draft, but you need to yeah. keep your distance. If you can, you know, you can draft legally and get a benefit from it. Sure. But if you want right. to back off, like you probably were at that race you're talking about at Gulf coast, yeah. back off and just ride your race and keep your distance. That's fine too. Right. But don't let it affect you. Right. Cause that just draws energy from you and you get to the run and you're so amped and mad and adrenalized right. that that only lasts five miles. I mean, right. you still got eight miles to go. Um, yeah. Okay. So that, that sounds like a, you know, a, a change in uh, a little bit of coaching strategy going into Maryland. And then, Tell me about the day and how it went. I mean, it, it just seemed like it all clicked. Yeah. So um, it was uh, it was pretty extraordinary um, for me. Uh, Dave and I were really looking forward to it. And I, um, I went up early. Um, actually, Chelsea had some things that she had to handle here in the city. And then I picked her up from the airport the day before, and she was able to be with me for the race, which was great. And so race morning. Um, there were some pretty profound moments. Of course, the swim was cut a little bit shorter because of some really uh, rough currents. The kayaks couldn't stay upright, um, but they did uh, allow us to do the swim. Uh, it was shortened, but they, I, that was great. I wanted that. Um, so um, I remember standing there with Chelsea, and of course, there was a pro field, both men's and women's. So yeah, it was a, it was the the vibe was pretty great. And I remember standing there and saying, because I was already qualified for Kona. I already had my Kona slot. Um, and I just was standing there uh, doing a little warm up and looking at everybody. And I said to her, geez, you know, 90% of these people are just here to do the race and have fun. And I'm sitting here and all I want to do is, you know, like my mind is saying race, go as fast as I can. I want to get on that podium. And I just don't know if I want that stress anymore. I said that to her. I said, you know, I just don't know if I really, it's just pressure. And she looked at me and she said, shut up. You're going to go race. You'll hit that water and you're just going to race. So just shut up and go race as fast as you can. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so let me so, stop you right there. So I see two things right there. First of all, the raw emotion of being on the, the beach and getting ready to yeah. race, right? All that yeah. stuff's bubbling to the top. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's insecurity. Maybe it's just yeah. truth. Right. Truth yep. doesn't yep. You're, you're ready to. Just, and then here's someone who knows you better than you know yourself <laughs> saying, yeah. dude, just shut yeah. up and get in there and go. This is your that's thing. It. This is your that's day. Right. Go get yep. it. Right. Yep. And that's all the inspiration you need. Like I'm almost welling up. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. That's exactly what happened. And I was cool. actually um, I embarrassed to tell you this, but I was I was actually emotional. Yeah. And, well, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> get a hold of yourself. And so, um, so, um, I lined up to get in the water and, um, she was, uh, she was probably more excited and more engaged in the whole thing than I was. And she was right there when I was just about to go in the water, I blew her a kiss and boom, I was in and it was, it was, it was on. And I just remember just saying, you know what? I love this and just went at it. Um, and it just was one of those perfect days. Um, I kind of knew on the bike, it was a two loop bike. And I, I knew at the time I looked at my, uh, I don't monitor my speed. It's on my second screen of my Garmin. Yeah. What I monitor is I monitor, I monitor my normalized power because yeah, I know where I want to be. Right. And I looked at my, and I really felt that I was holding a good arrow position the whole time. And I ended up peaking at my speed halfway through and I was averaging like 22.5 miles an hour for the race. And I'm like, 
okay, this is on. Um, and I, and so it was, I didn't know where I was though. And you don't know where you were or where you are. So I came off the bike and, um, of course I saw Chelsea literally a hundred yards out of the tent and, um, I started running and, you know, you're not supposed to give your athlete splits and she's good. She, she, she's careful, <laughs> but she kind of runs beside me. She says, uh, you're in the lead. <laughs> I said, Oh, excellent. Let's go. So, and, and that's kind of how it played out. And on in Maryland, it's a three and a half loops on the, on the run. I got to see her quite a bit. And there was one guy that was chasing me. Um, and she would tell me she, you know, I'd come past her and she'd say, um, you need to speed up. And I'd look at her and go, what? <laughs> I'm running, you know, I'm in an Ironman. How can I speed up? She said, no, nah, you might want to speed up a little bit. So anyway, it was, it was just a special day. And, um, um, I didn't, uh, I, I never, I don't think I would have allowed myself to imagine years ago that I could ever win an Ironman race. And, um, I was coming down, I was at mile 24 and I think the guy who was chasing me, a couple of his buddies were in the crowd and I didn't realize it. And one of them pointed at me as I was coming around a corner and I kind of just figured, I think he knows the guy that I'm like competing against because he, he came in second place, 16 minutes behind me. And then the, the third place was 45 minutes behind me. So he looks at me at, with two and a half miles to go and he says, you did it. You won. He said, good race. He said, you got this done. And I realized, okay, this is, um, this is actually happening. And so that last two miles was just so much fun and came across the finish line and you can hear Chelsea on the video screaming at me. So it was just, it was great. That's incredible, Mike. That's congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. So Thank what you. did the, what did the recovery look like? Cause now you're, you know, you've got your eyes set on New York city marathon. I mean, you're, you don't stop. So what happens then? Is it just a lot of rest the next couple of weeks? But I mean, you still probably had to get a couple of runs in, um, yeah. get the build back on and, and, and get ready yeah. to race, right? Mentally, obviously, kind of decompress right. a little bit. And it's a big high to come off of. Yeah. So, you know, I always believe um, one of the things that I've learned over the years is that um, you need to stop and smell the roses, right? You need to celebrate that um, and be careful not to get too far ahead of yourself because you miss, you miss the moment. Um, so I came across the finish line and literally five minutes after I finished across the finish line, I took Chelsea's cell phone and I called Dave Sheenan <laughs> and I, I said, it. Dave, we did it. We did it. And he was so excited. We both were so excited. And then he said, okay, he said, um, I need you to recover. Um, you need a week just take it easy, follow my plan, and then we'll get ready for New York City Marathon. I said, I'm, I'm on it 100%. And so, yeah, so it was really, it was a typical recovery week, very light stuff, nothing in, uh, intense at all. And New York, New York City Marathon. So I've done Boston three times. I've done Chicago. Um, I think I've run now like 20 marathons. But um, New York City is special. And I didn't want to screw it up. I didn't want to get hurt. And this is when you can get hurt right after an Ironman, you can get course. hurt easily, pull a muscle, whatever. I've been through that. And so I really was so careful not to do anything more than what he prescribed. And um, we just slowly built up. And then about a week and a half before the marathon, we did a couple of good long runs at, at a good pace. And I think the biggest difference, the thing that was the hardest for me in getting ready for New York was, um, um, 
it's, you know, people don't realize when you run a marathon, just a marathon is so different than doing an Ironman. Um, the marathon and the Ironman is a very different experience than a marathon, just the marathon. And, and I knew that I wanted to run about a 315, 320 marathon. And so you had to get your speed. And um, that was the hardest part was getting my speed back. Yeah. Was that more rest or was that actually trying to get some speed work in? It was a combination of rest, lots of nutrition. Um, and then, yeah, just um, having a couple of sessions where he pushed me. You know, we did a couple of um, 20 minute blocks over, you know, hour and a half, two hour sessions at, you know, like a seven. Actually, we did a 650 pace, a couple of them, just to really get my speed back. 30 seconds and, faster than race pace, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then yeah, that just was hard. For comparison, what did you run the Ironman marathon in? I ran the. I ran the Ironman marathon in a 338, so about an 821 pace. I did have a cramp a mile uh mile 20, I had a side stitch. Mm -hmm. Um and you know, I've learned not to run through those things, you know, manage the moment. So I stopped, managed it, and it was great cuz 2 minutes later I was back on my pace. So Beautiful. I ran an I ran an 821 pace um in Maryland and then New York City Marathon was a 731 pace. Beautiful. And, you know, I watched you the whole way at New York City. I was watching the whole day. We had some athletes and I'm checking in here and there. You were super consistent with, you know, by 5Ks. I mean, it was on, on, on. Uh, not a lot of um, disparity at all. I mean, it was great. Do you, um, did it feel like it was pretty mechanical or did you, did you feel like a lot of work? I mean, the crowds are huge, a lot of energy there. Or yeah. did you feel like you had to work for it? Or is it just the last 10K? Like, take me through that a little bit. Yeah. So um, New York City Marathon, as you know, you start at the Verrazano Bridge. So you go up a mile and then you yeah. go down a mile. And, it's, you know, that's um, not easy. Uh, I think it was it was it was not easy. I mean, I was definitely um, pushing a little bit, but I felt like I could have gone faster. Um, but I had slotted myself. I told Dave, I said, you know, I think I'm going to do a 320 because I've got Ironman Florida 70.3 December 10th, and I just don't want to blow myself out. And he said, well, he said, just, you know, see how you feel. And if you want to go for it, you go for it. But you really can't in New York City, because if you slot yourself for a certain time and you decide, okay, well, I'm feeling good. I'm going to go faster. You've got millions of people to, you got to yeah, try to run around. all of people, right? You yeah. can't get through them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, um, I picked my lanes, made up time where I could. Um, ended up running a, a just a little bit more three sixteen high, and um, it, it was a good day. So, but it was uh, it was definitely I still felt a little bit of Maryland in those legs. I'm sure, I'm sure. So now you've got a seventy point three, and how many more weeks? Three weeks? Four weeks? Yeah, three weeks. Yep, three weeks. All right. Yeah. So legs recovered? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're about 80%. I went for my first run yesterday. You know, Dave has me run on Thursday after like a, s a Sunday race and I just ran 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm at mile 24 of the marathon. It, they were really sore. Um, so um, yeah, but I think I'll be ready. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I want to get my all world gold status back because mm -hmm. I lost it when I was injured because I couldn't race and they just won't, you know, they, if you don't race, you don't get the yeah, status. Yeah. So I'd like to get that back so I can go into Kona with it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, we, we wish you luck in Kona. I mean, that's going to be a great event and uh, yeah. hopefully we can make it out there and see you in person. Yeah. Um, well, I just listened to your, I listened to your interviews with, um, um, I'm trying to remember the names of with the Karen the two. and Kaylee. Yes. Uh, yeah. Karen Rice and Kaylee and, um, 
God, I just, I was so excited. I just, I was actually on the bike this morning, just kind of doing an easy session and I was watching Kaylee and I'm like, oh, I can't yeah, wait. She to has so much there. energy, right? Yeah. 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 And I, I have take one more coming me. too, Kathy <laughs> Casey, who did, uh, she did Kona as well. And she, she's been racing for, you know, 20 plus years and she qualified yeah. and it, it's kind of a crazy story. It was like, it involved a margarita, uh, Friday yeah. night and her texting me at like nine o'clock at that night saying, yeah. should I do Ironman Texas? And I was like, go for it. And that's yeah. how it all kind of came together. It's pretty wild, but it's, it's a good podcast. I'll have to listen to it once it's out. Okay. I definitely will. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, good luck to you, Micah. Thanks. So, thanks so much for the time. And we appreciate it. Uh, you, you know, yeah. you've got so much uh, energy and positivity and I, I love that about you. And uh, yeah. we really appreciate, you know, your loyalty to D3 over so many years. So thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you guys. You've made a huge difference in my life. And, um, you know, as long as you're around, I'm going to be an athlete for D3. Oh, thanks, Mike. We really appreciate that. We'd love yeah. to have you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Trust the Process. If you have a question on anything related to triathlon, please send me an email at mike at d3motorsport.com. We'd love to hear from you. Make it a great day.